And yet we are all much bigger than these roles or titles or medals or other things that we like to claim that give us, you know, a sense of self-worth, if you will. And that's not really where self-worth comes from, right? You know, it's uh, much deeper than that. It's really who we are. I like to tell people we are like the director in our own movie and we star in our own movie and we get to decide how that movie plays out. And um, I do believe in the divine power that comes through all of us that allows us to, you know, I really believe that that's allowed me to do some amazing things in my life, but I also pass the torch to others and hope to help inspire them to shine their light and be who they're really meant to be. And if you, if you, if you can go through life and really be who you're meant to be ultimately, that's a huge success. This is the Lifestyle Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Duomo Valkonen. Hello, friends, all the big performers and high achievers like this is Tumor coming to you for a episode number 13 for our Lifestyle Mastery podcast. And on this episode, I sat down with Katarina Radke. We talked about peak performance, obviously, and how to balance, how to bring optimization for that lifestyle that is required in this today's world. She went to 1988 Summer Olympics in South Korea as an Olympic swimmer. Uh, she suffered a chronic fatigue syndrome and uh, recovered herself from, from those depths. So she has a vast experience of performance on either side on either side of the performance levels. So this is a really, really interesting episode. And we actually recorded two episodes with her because I think this is such a important and valuable information that she's bringing onto the field. So this is the first episode of the two. The second one will be coming out a little bit in the later stage. But I truly hope you enjoy this one because there's a lot of, a lot of valuable content, a lot of valuable ideas and insights available. Um, just wanted to apologize a little bit of my voice as in in the beginning stages of the recording there is a little bit of a backscatter on it but it will smoothen out towards the end so hopefully you enjoy it let me know how this resonates with you on social media channels or right here on the platform that you are listening to it and without further ado let's get to the show Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Lifestyle Mastery Podcast. Today I'll be talking to Katarina Radke, who is coming to us from United States and United States, and she is a high performance and high achievers uh, coach, personal coach. She is a ex-Olympian as well. So I'm extremely excited today to talk to her and get more into her mindset, her ideas of peak performance and how to balance the whole equation so let's jump straight into in straight straight into it and first of all katarina welcome to the show how are you doing i am beautifully doing well it's a beautiful day here in minnesota sunny and warm so i, I can't complain that's beautiful that's beautiful oh, yeah, yeah i know I'm, it's beautiful where you are yeah i'm here inside actually just really quickly what's uh what's the lockdown situation there because it's as we are recording this podcast, we're still kind of in the lockdown at uh, the end of the lockdown here in Tahiti. What's the situation for you right there and how you've been, how you've been holding on? Well, I think like it's been a beautiful opportunity to have a reset take place in many ways. You know, it's allowing mm -hmm. us to not have, you know, we're all forced to listen within more and get quiet and not go out about and be externally distracted. And so that's been a blessing. Um, unfortunately, our governor is still in a place of not opening up a lot of stuff, even though there's not a lot of cases in Minnesota. So we're dealing with that. So we're hopeful that more things are going to open up in the next week or two. He's actually talking about it. So we'll see what happens. Awesome. I'm hoping have to come been... down to Tahiti and see you guys, though. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Have you been staying active, obviously? And have you been able to do your um, uh, your movement and your exercise and you stayed active for sure, right? Yes. We've been working with our teen athletes that we coach and um, been also doing a lot of you know work with other people, too, who are in the corporate world. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of clients like that as well. And um, obviously some people are very, very stressed out and fearful. And I think that's the mm -hmm. only biggest concern I see with a lot. Of, I feel sad for people. And obviously it's a very serious situation that we're living in around the world and I don't want to poo poo it, but at the same time, what we don't want to do is let fear overrun our whole view of the world. Right. right you know, right. we have to trust that we all are here and that we're going to end up being okay. And unfortunately some people will move on to another realm, if you will. 
And, um, but overall, most of us will um, continue on and, and be able to thrive in new ways. I think it's gonna help us all look at life differently for sure. And I think our world's gonna change because of it. But I think it for the better, ultimately, after we get through the chaos. Yeah, I think, I think every time when we go through something like this, um, a lot of people will change. Some people will probably revert back to their old habits and old routines, but, uh, but it's, it's a personal choice. What about yourself, actually? Like, like how did you yourself go through it? How, how were you able to, quote-unquote, stay sane and stay active and physically active as well and, and mentally balanced? During the during these times, I would like to to hear your own personal personal take on that. And what what did you use as your go to habits, if you will, or your go to um, actions to to? Well, so here's the funny thing: is uh, I have been working out with teenagers about five days a week. <laughs> so right. I've been actually a little sore at sometimes, but uh, you know I'm almost fifty now, so I'm it's, a, it's a definitely my body's not fifteen anymore. But with that being said, it kept me focused on providing a service to others and helping them stay mentally well, and which also helped me ultimately too. But I think also the routine of that was very powerful. And then also doing more meditation and also connecting with lots of people through the internet and the phone has been a godsend too. Because obviously I do miss giving people hugs and being in a place where we get to really connect with people on the physical level as well as emotional and spiritual level. But um, yeah, I've been actually really delving into more reading and writing, and then my kids have been home, so really spending more time with them on another level of quality that's different. And also really trying to create new boundaries too around our own space while they have space. And you know, it's very interesting that way. I have a 14-year-old daughter and a 13-year-old son, so they like to be active. And also my daughter likes more time alone and my son likes to be more with people more. So um, it's, you know, finding the balance for everybody is an interesting art. Beautiful, beautiful, that's yeah. awesome. Uh, let's jump into, uh, I have this one question, like I said, that I always want to ask from people is, um, I, I call it the podcast Lifestyle Mastery Podcast. And mm-hmm. and a lot of people have this different idea or they think differently about the word lifestyle. For some some people, it's fashion. For some people, it's something else. And for me, it's a lot of outdoors and the way of living, if you will. Yes. What, what comes to mind when when I say lifestyle, and what is the importance for you in your own life when when I'm saying lifestyle, like lifestyle matters? So lifestyle for me is really about honoring what I love to do, and immersing myself in that, and being able to be fulfilled from that. So like in my teenage years, I obviously was very into swimming, and uh, training was a big part of my joy. Uh, racing was a big part of my joy. Today, a lot of my joy comes from, you know, servicing others or really helping them get rid of their limits or their beliefs where they get stuck and helping them shed their armor and, st- and stop pretending you're fine and allow- allowing yourself to acknowledge all the feelings that come up. And then from there, being in a place of blossoming, letting feeling free, feeling light and pursuing who you are and what you want to do. Because, you know, lifestyle can mean so many different things, right? You can jet off and travel or it can mean that you want certain status symbols or it can mean money to some people or having a certain title or role. But to me, that doesn't really satisfy me, if I can be honest. Uh, it's uh, I'm much more into finding my true self and honoring myself from there. And long ago, I think I was pretty good about learning to not get too caught up in what other people thought about me. You know, it took time because we all obviously we all want approval from other people. But really learning to honor who I am, what I want to do. So my lifestyle really encompasses now compared to like 30 years ago is very different in that I really love more balance in my life. And really spending time with my family. I mean, I'm very fortunate. My husband and two kids, we end up doing a lot of fun stuff together. And just watching them grow is an amazing thing in itself. And I, if, honestly, if I were to say one thing, I feel really blessed. And I feel like is one of my biggest accomplishments is being a mom. And that is a big part of my lifestyle right now because my kids are young teenagers. And then another big part is being able to you know, run our business, working with athletes, working with all kinds of people, helping them heal through whatever it might be trauma maybe or it might just be getting over a stuck block to be able to help them go to a next level in their peak performance or potential and um so my lifestyle really contributes kind of a mix of you know i love being physical and moving but i'm very spiritual also where i really value meditation you know qigong martial arts and really energy to flow so that you know in the end if we're balancing our energy we feel pretty powerful and content 
It's when we get stuck and then we should then people get on many meds because they don't feel good. And then all those meds start interacting with each other. We have other issues. And then we're walking around like either zombies or angry or who knows what, right? And so I really like to help people free themselves up from all of that and um, trust that they can own whatever is going on for them or what's been created in their own lives because we are the architect of our, our light here, life here. Mm-hmm. I like to tell people we, we are like the director in our own movie and we star in our own movie and we get to decide how that movie plays out. And um, I do believe in the divine power that comes through all of us that allows us to, you know, I really believe that that's allowed me to do some amazing things in my life, but I also pass mm-hmm. the torch to others and hope to help inspire them to shine their light and be who they're really meant to be. And if you, if you, if you can go through life and really be who you're meant to be ultimately, that's a huge success. That's something that, that, I'm, that I'm hearing in and, and, and as, I, as I know you a little bit, we chatted quite a bit before, mm-hmm. you had a kind of different past than what you're describing right now. You were Olympian and you were a very hardcore swimmer and like yeah. professional swimmer in the very, very top ranks. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but back in those days, it was a lot about achievement. It was a lot about goal setting, like achieving something and kind of letting this lifestyle or kind of life that you wanted to live in the background. Like that was, it was, was it a kind of like a one track mind more than likely? And all these other things that you just described probably came afterwards, right? Yeah. So, so you know, yes. Sorry. Yeah. So, so I wanted to kind of, like if you wanted to open up your story a little bit from there and, and how did you get into these realizations where you are right now? Um, and I kind of like, obviously you were, you were a very high athlete, like, and because I, I always like to, I, I'm a big on setting goals and I like to always ask when people, mm-hmm. how did they view this goal setting and setting intentions and, and, where, yes. did they, and where did they see that? So, yeah. So in third grade, I had an assignment that was when I am 25 dot, dot, dot. And I was uh, told to complete the sentence in cursive. We were learning cursive in school. And I wrote, when I am 25, I will have gone to the Olympics, won many medals in swimming, get a boyfriend, coach for a couple of years, um, and then get married. And so, <laughs> I mean, the great thing is that pretty much happened. But the, the funny thing is sometimes putting the intention out there allows us to really show up in a new way than we may have not if we did not put that intention out there. And so for my story, I was very definitely focused on having a goal and really seeing what was possible within that goal. And fortunately, um, I was surrounded by a lot of people who were very focused on their goals as well. So it was a very positive place in that respect. Um, I think, you know, for me, I was on the national team for the United States for seven years. I swam in the Olympics in 1988. And, um, but by the age of 22, I was actually very, very sick with chronic fatigue syndrome. I had had mono, had pretended I was fine, ended up very mm-hmm. sick again, kept trying to train like five hours a day, six days a week, which is very hard to do when you're sick. And my body started screaming at me saying, Trina, it's time to stop. <laughs> and um, I ended up bedridden with disabled parking at the age of 22, which really woke me up. It took me a while wow. to acknowledge that I needed disabled parking, but I really had respect and trust in my doctor. I was at school at mm-hmm. Cal Berkeley and he's the one that convinced me to do it. And he was also an acupuncturist. He was an MD that taught uh, people throughout the world acupuncture. And so he actually started treating me and really healing me to allow me to actually, you know, get back to my body functioning again. And, you know, also emotionally dealing with the fact that I could no longer really train or swim, but to find other things I'm very interested in. So interestingly, even in high school, like I was involved in some clubs or other activities. I, I never wanted to be put in a box. I always wanted to be able to do other things and not feel too tied down to one role or title um, because I saw, you know, we all are so complex as human beings and yet we are all much bigger than these roles or titles or medals or other things that we like to claim that give us, you know, a sense of self-worth, if you will. And mm-hmm. that's not really where self-worth comes from, right? You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. much deeper than that. It's really who we are. And um so learning, and so when I was bedridden, I really learned to love myself regardless if I never got well. And it seems like it's a simple statement to make, but um, when we are really sick, when you feel like you've already lived to 100 years old, even though you're only 20, it changes perspective on things, right? Because you realize that, you know, I, I realized, wow, I don't need to, um, I don't need to get too caught up in like whether or not I achieve this or achieve that to feel okay, I can feel okay right now, even though I'm very sick or this moment too will pass. If I'm feeling really physically not well, this moment will pass into a new moment and I might feel really well. So it's learning to get less attached. I got really into meditation when I was in college and 
I really learned to value what breath work can do, what you know, Qigong, martial art movements can do, how we can actually heal ourselves. And I'm a really big believer, as much as I love to do the peak performance side, I'm also very into helping other people heal their old own wounds, whether it's an emotional thing or a physical thing or even just something that they've been holding on to. It could be a grudge, you know, and knowing it's okay to let go. Sure. So sure. there's a lot you could say on this topic, but I'm not sure where you want to go next. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Like, would you say that there was something else than you, you getting sick as in like the wake up call? Like that was obviously a major wake up call. You think you would have come to this realization without being extremely sick, if you will, like you had the chronic fatigue. Yeah, I don't know because you know, it's funny. Sorry about that. I'm just moving my uh, thing a little bit here. Maybe that'll help the echo part. Um, I feel like I don't know if I would have had the same wake up call. So on my path before I was really, really sick was I knew I was going to be this international businesswoman traveling the world, high powered, successful, doing all this stuff. And then I then as I got sick, I'm like, you know what, that's not really where I want to go. And that's not going to really fulfill me. It's kind of like if somebody gives you a product and says, look, I want you to do this and sell this. You're going to make tons of money and have all this status, but it's not really what you believe in. Would you feel good? Right. And it's kind of like when, when uh, maybe kids want you to belong to a certain group, but they, that, to belong to that group, you have to maybe de- be demeaning to somebody or bullying somebody. That doesn't make you really feel good, right? So for me, I realized that, gosh, it's a bit of, you know, it's, at first I was frustrated by being so sick, but then I also got to realize that, wow, it's a gift because it's making me stay focused on what really matters to me. And I knew eventually I wanted to have a family, which meant I, I wouldn't want to be traveling all the time and having kids. I also knew that, gosh, I could go get another accolade or a successful thing to have happen. But does that really change who I am? It can. It can make me feel like, yeah, I achieved something or grew in that process. But in the end, I want to be content with me first. And in many ways, I was. I've always been pretty honest and truthful like about who I am. Um, and I encourage that in others. But at the same time, um, the being sick required me to go to another depth of who am I really? And do I need to be another Olympian and another version in society? And yes, I still strive for things in my life, believe me. I still want to do do things that make, you know, make me feel successful. But with that being said, uh, I'm on a different path. I'm definitely much more on a path of helping others than just going to go be making lots of money, let's just say. Um, and you know, there's lots of ways you can love what you're doing and make lots of money, but you don't have to go, you don't have to sacrifice yourself to do it. I guess is what I'm really trying to say. Yeah. Pursue what you love. You'll be able to create the, what you want in your life through that, regardless of what it is. thousand percent. Hey, something else that's coming up to me right now is that what, what I'm, when I'm listening to you is, uh, you obviously very high achieving, you, you still set goals and you want to achieve things and you want to do great things. But I feel there's more balance right now and something that I think is very, very important, especially for people that want to achieve great things that are kind of on the top of the game or let's call them high achievers like ourselves, is to setting boundaries. Is that yes. something that you learned um, later on in life? Because obviously, <laughs> when we just you got, that's a good one. That's a good doing, one. Uh, Th- those boundaries are probably not there, especially, I mean, I remember back in my days, I was just going and doing, and you know, you know, if it was having fun or just, you know, practicing too much, but setting those boundaries. So um, what would be your sort of ideas if, how, how did you do that, learn for yourself? How did you learn that for yourself? And like, if somebody doesn't have any boundaries, where would, where would you start setting those boundaries? Yes. So there's a part of me that as much as I could be direct and honest, I also had a side of me that did want people to like me, like we all do, right? We all want approval from others. And I learned as time went on that, I, you know, if, if I'm judging myself, how can I give you approval if I'm judging myself, right? Because if I judge myself, I'm going to probably judge you. And so learning to accept the fact that not everybody's going to like me and that's okay. And if I like myself and approve of myself, that's all that really matters in life ultimately. But the boundary piece is big because sometimes I wouldn't want to say no to somebody if it meant going out, let's say, or there was a part of me that... Um, felt like I wanted to make other people happy to the point where sometimes I'd sacrifice my own self to do so. And therefore I wasn't setting a good boundary. And so I really learned a lot about boundaries, especially when I, um, so when I got really sick, I ended up going to see a therapist for about a year and a half. And uh, she was fabulous in helping me set boundaries and create balance in my routines. 
And part of the boundary was saying no to people. And when I was really, really sick, I couldn't even talk. My voice was so weak because my immune system was so shot that what happens, like even just talking on the phone for 10 minutes would wear me out. I know it's hard to believe, right? So um, because of that, I, I learned just to like, no, I'm not going to talk to these people right now or tell them I can't. And it's kind of like we tell teenage kids nowadays, you know, just tell your friends from, you know, you have a big meet coming up, get off your cell phones at by 830 at night and allow yourself to, you know, have quiet time, you know, listen to your own mind, not have to feel like you have to be responding to everybody. And, um, you know, we're living in a very different world in that respect. So I think a lot of people nowadays can learn that one, right? The social media, all this stuff bombarding us and feeling like we have to instantly respond to people is that's a boundary, like saying, I'm going to be off on the I'm going to be off my phone for the weekend. So boundaries also come in the form for me, which big, probably in my 20s, I really started learning about boundaries on another level than I had before, is knowing it's okay to speak up, even if it means somebody doesn't like you for it, or that they might be mad at you for it, or um, knowing that, you know, it's kind of like saying no to something that maybe is not so healthy for you, or a group of people that might not be healthy for you, and moving on and being willing to let go and trusting your own sense of boundaries. I've also worked with a lot of people who, um, especially college people, uh, students and athletes who may have been dealing with dating and learning to say no that way. Um, and so there's just lots of different ways boundaries show up for sure. And I think as life goes on, it's uh, I still have a tendency to like to have my hand in many, many things and I like to be active. But at the same time, I definitely am better about not burning my candle at both ends and in the middle too <laughs> and really finding that and I, like, I love having a nap when I can take a nap or I love being able to get more sleep if I can. Versus always, you know, I don't, I no longer take so much, I, I know I, I, I take care much better care of myself, even if it means I don't go do other stuff, let's just say. Yeah. Uh, what about starting with yourself first? Because there's this big notion going around that everybody says that you have to take care of yourself first before you can take care of others. And, and obviously that's a boundary as well, like especially you as a parent and I'm just a new parent right yeah. now. And this is coming like, you know, I want to take care of my child first before I take care of myself. And then yes. every now and then it's like, hey, you know, if I'm not 100 percent or if I'm if I'm not even 80 percent, how can I take care of my child for the best of my abilities? And at the same time, there's definitely ways and uh, situations and elements and, and times in our lives where we just kind of have to put ourselves in the back burner and yes you know take yeah. care of others and that's a boundary it's like it, it kind of navigating that okay now mm -hmm. it's time for myself and now it's time for others and you know like filling your own cup first before well don't you feel like too as parents out. when two people are co-parenting it's a, a, a having to express your needs to each other say you know to you know whoever you know you can be in a place of having to say you know i need to take some rest here i'll do you while you do this and then vice versa yes those are all expressing our needs being okay with expressing our needs while also being mindful of what the other person needs too and then being in a place where both people can get their needs met to some level of course i know you're in a scenario where you got a young baby at home which is exciting but you're probably a little tired out i'm guessing too i know i was at that stage but it's kind of um amazing time too because you really get more clear with you know with your mate about hey how do we want this to go you know, maybe it means that you get a few hours here and then I have a few hours. And so we have a break. Um, yeah. Otherwise, if we don't take care of ourselves, eventually you get frazzled, right? Yeah, that's something that's what, what I like, which is obviously going around a lot in the in the social and all the sort of personal development uh, mm -hmm. field is this, this, this importance of morning habits and evening habits. And for me personally, I'm a, I'm an early early riser. I'm I'm up at five five thirty in the morning, and that that's my time. And I that's when I charge my batteries. And uh -huh. and especially right now with the little one in the house, like I try to get up early and and have have my one hour, or even if it's forty five minutes, that's when I get charged up. So for me, it's like okay, my time is the morning. If it's going for a run, going to the beach, meditating, doing my own thing, journaling, reading. Uh, and then, okay, the rest of the day, pretty much mo the most of the day from then on, it's, it's serving and giving, giving back to my child. And then just, and, and yes. And also I would say that somewhere during the middle of the day or in the evening, I have like a little quick recharge session for uh -huh. myself. That's great. So, so, so that's what I try, even if it's 10 minutes or 15, I might maybe just have a, put my feet up and just make sure that I'm charged up. Yes. Um, well, you know, it makes me think of uh, Tuomo is when I when I was my, my kids were little, sometimes it just mean put them going to the bathroom, having five minutes alone. Right. Because they need you so much. and They yeah. want to be with you. And um, I fondly remember those times because those are days you never get back. 
And I just wanted yeah. to be able to hold my children as long as I could. And thankfully, I was able to do that. Um, and yeah. now, of course, at the stage where they like to have their space, too. So it's kind of nice because I'm like, whoa, I'm starting to get more time again. And yet we have time yeah. together because, you know, obviously when you, from ages birth till five is obviously a very different time. Yeah, it goes fast. Though. Right, very fast. Yeah, that's 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 totally true. Let's let's yeah. um, there's something else that I wanted to really. Um, I know we have a few things to go through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something that I really wanted to get your take on is um, what about sustainable peak performance, sustainable high achievers lifestyle? Like, I feel that a lot of people strive, 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 go and like you say, we want to achieve, we want to do great things. If it's if it's in the athletic world, if it's in the business world, um, mm. how can we keep it sustainable? How can we keep ourselves going? And because we don't want to kind of scale down our ambitions. We don't want yes, to put those yeah. goals down. That's what we don't want to do. So how can we keep those goals up and at the same time, keep ourselves up there at the same time. So, so I really am I'm, a firm believer that we want to stay focused on our why. Why do we want what we want and really get clear, like and in terms of literally taking time to write down your vision of your life. Who do you want to be? How do you want to feel? Who do you want to be hanging out with? Because, you know, proximity is power. The main people we spend time with are the people who are going to influence the most positively or negatively. Um, beyond that, too, is when we get really clear on why we're driven to do what we do, it makes us freed up to be able to go do more of it. We can be in a place where I can go, hey, you know what? I like the feeling I get, you know, it, you know, as uh, Tony Robbins talks about with the six human needs, also Maslow theory talks about human needs. We all want to feel some sense of certainty. That's obviously why a lot of people are having a hard time right now, because there is not much certainty of when things are opening up with this pandemic. We also like variety and uncertainty. We also like to feel loved and we like to feel connected to people. We also like to be feeling like we're always growing and contributing to society to some level. We all like to do that as well. And um, we want to feel like, you know, the growth piece is a big part of what has driven me. I love testing my limits. I like to see who I'm really made of, um, knowing what I'm capable of, you know, knowing my biggest you know, fear of failure really is fear that I don't do what I'm here to do and being in a place where I quit on myself. That'd be that's to me. That's failure. Um, to me, the only way I, you know, can fail is not trying. If I keep on my success to me is going after what I want and seeing where it takes me, you know, and pursuing that within my relationships, you know, especially with my kids, being in a place where we work with clients, being in a place where I can really be present with them and hear them and try and take care of their needs as best I can and then let them go to be who they're meant to be. Sometimes they have to, you know, have something, you know, fall on their face, if you will, and they have to learn from it and still being there to support them, but they have to go through that process or they have amazing success, learning how to deal with success. And I think that's one thing that's very fascinating, especially back into my swimming days, because it's so easy to understand. Once I was at the elite level, the key to stay there is not so easy. There's always new people coming up. There's the other people you're already competing against who are still trying to get back to that spot. So it's not like you're guaranteed to stay there. It's up to you to decide what are you going to do new to keep on even just maintaining that level, let alone get better. And so, it's a very fascinating thing because it shows up in the business world or whatever people do for work. It can show up within relationship dynamics, right? If you if you don't feed it, it dies. And if you let it, if you grow it, it grows. And we want to always be about whatever we are about for helping ourselves grow, for helping our family grow, our friends, you know, be in a place where we're helping each other, be honest with each other. That's very different than pretending we're fine or saying what somebody wants to hear versus what's true. And I think the more we can allow ourselves to stay focused on who we really are meant to be. Like I used to value, you know, evaluate my seasons at the end of each swim season, for example, and look at go, okay, I had log books of all my training. And I've done this in the business world too when I was doing business stuff is mm -hmm. looking at, okay, six months ago, these were my goals. This is where I'm at. Let's measure them and then look at my new results. Like where do I want to go? Maybe I need to tweak something. Maybe whether it's like, let's say for training purposes, might train, train differently in a certain way. Maybe it means eating differently or getting more rest, you know, dealing with some emotional stress that maybe have come up because that's more stressful than physical. Or it might be as simple like, you know, and people, all these business people, I work with a lot of corporate executives who are stressed and they're, you know, they got the golden handcuffs because they're making a lot of money, but they don't, they're not totally fulfilled, but they have, now they have a family to feed and if you will, and take care of kids or whatever it is. So they don't know how to stop it. And so the key is learning to go back into, well, how can I pursue something more that I really love? Or how can I take a better care of my health or change my view on what I'm doing within this job um, so that I can at least, you know, excel in a different way or feel better about myself every day from it. And being consistent, that's a very good question because that's the hardest part is being willing to stay there, which requires continuously reinventing yourself. 
and finding what you're made of. And then, you know, so some people, I'm thinking about Madonna right now, how she reinvented herself. Some people don't like her because she's a little, can be a little bit nutty, but the, the truth is she constantly reinvented herself, which kept her on the high music charts, you know, 80s, 90s, 2000s, she's still around. And um, there's people like that in the business world with products, services. And the key is to constantly look at how can I keep on serving? What are the needs of people now? What are, what can I do to, you know, continue my own growth? And when we're in that place, I think it's easier to stay on top of whatever you're doing. Um, of course, what happens with some people is they get on top and then they panic because they don't, they're not comfortable there. They may not like the limelight or they may not like, um, they may think they don't deserve it. So they have to sabotage themselves or maybe somebody made a lot of money all of a sudden and they don't know how to handle that. So they have to sabotage themselves. That's a very common process that people go through. And so it's very important to stay in your own high vibration, if you will, to allow yourself to be what you're really capable of and knowing that um, you get to decide. That's the cool thing. You know, you don't have to stay doing what you're doing if it doesn't make sense for you anymore. Maybe your needs have shifted. You know, maybe you were really successful and that's enough and now you want to just go relax and go hang out on an island and just, you know, I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. But the point <laughs> being, everybody, our needs do shift through life. And sometimes we want to keep pushing to be successful, but rather than even using the word push, to me, it's kind of like a much more into the Taoist way, if you will, of how do I let things flow? If I put it out there in intention and a goal or a mindset, if it's showing up for me in the world and it, and it matches the universe is saying, yes, go do that, it, you know it. It's easy. It happens naturally. If you like have big boulders that you're trying to move and you can't move them because it's like you're so heavy, you know, there's some obstacle in the way basically saying this is not your path. <laughs> you got to pay attention to that. Or find a new vehicle to get there, right? I mean, sometimes we think there's a big boulder in the way, but it's really not a boulder. You're making it a boulder in your head. But other times there's things out there telling you, hey, this is not your way you're supposed to go. You're supposed to go this way. Um, but something that's that's you mentioned about the why and like knowing yourself, knowing why you're here, knowing what you are to do. And those are sometimes people never ask that ask those questions from themselves. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a very big believer of asking yourself better questions and you receive higher quality answers. Yes, yes, uh, yes. And, and you, you have to kind of face yourself and ask those harder questions every now and then. If you can't do it yourself, that's why we have people like yourself and that's why we, we do coaching is that, that yes. allows people to get off their head and somebody else can say like, hey, have you thought about it from this perspective? Yes. Like, what is that? Like somebody else being able to kind of show you your blind spots, if you will, and kind of kind of challenge you in a healthy, positive way, and I think that's that's uh, that's a crucial piece. And something else that I wanted to touch up on that you just said there, like for me personally, what keeps me going, keeps me going day after day in a way, is that if it's not a fear, but I have this notion of that, um, and I don't put it as a negative tense, but I don't want to go to bed with the music still in me. Oh, definitely. And I think a lot of us, that's definitely a fear, right? I mean, we want to feel like we have mastered who we are really meant to be here. And it's constantly evolving. And, you know, I feel like, I've, you know, I'm turning 50 in December. And so I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm hoping to live to 100 or maybe longer. And so I go, wow, this is pretty cool because I look at what I've done for my 49 plus years. And I go, wow, I get to do a whole nother experience still that's not even happened yet. And um, I have some ideas. I've written down a lot of different things I want to do in my own next you know, part of my life. But it is because the more we can get clear on what makes us happy um, and, and how we can pursue that in a daily routine is huge. You know, if we're doing things that make us miserable or stressed or we're not really following through on things just to, that we have to get done, um, we're not going to feel good about ourselves, right? And yeah. it could be as simple as, you know, Starting with making your bed if you don't do that, right? Just being successful in a little way, knowing that, wow, if I just take, make little things a habit, they be turned into big things that leads to other things for us. Like we were talking about habits and routines and how to keep mm -hmm. your sort of high achiever lifestyle in check, if you will. And mm -hmm. for me personally, the big piece is mindfulness, whatever that means, if it's meditation yes. or if it's visualization, if it's going to the forest, having a walk, or like there's a different forms, different ways of, of looking at this, this word of mindfulness, or if it's like I said, meditation or whatever. Yeah. Um, do you have, first of all, what, what, what kind of mindfulness practice you have? And is it a daily practice? And, and how, how do you play out with that? We want to be in a place where 
start paying attention. When you meditate a lot, you start listening more, right? You start noticing the patterns because you're getting quiet enough to see them. And um, how we do this is how we do everything in many ways. And so learning to have uh, patience with yourself, especially if you first start learning to get quiet and do like breathing practice or meditation stuff, but then learning to accept what it is, forgive yourself for where you're at, acknowledge it, it's all good. There's nothing, there's no, nothing, you don't have to be perfect. And this keep practicing because one day you might be going, your mind might be going crazy. Another day it's quiet. But for me, that's the most blissful place to get. And I had this a lot with my training of swimming because we would do hours of training and the mind would get nice and quiet. I talked to a lot of athletes about this to this day. You know, oftentimes they come to practice, they don't really want to be there. Maybe they're just bothered by something from the hat that happened during the day. By the end of practice, they feel better, right? You move your body, you feel better. And um, I like to teach a lot of tools for people to help enhance their energy in their body and balance the energy to be able to then expand who they really are. And what I mean by that is if, if my energy is low, I can't function, right? I mean, there's studies that show people who are working in businesses and corporations, very few hours are productive. Let's say they're there for 10 hours, well, maybe three or four are productive. And a lot of that has to do with managing your energy. How do you, where are your, where's your energy most? Like for me, I'm very creative from like 8 p.m. to about 2 a.m. If I'm really honest, I don't always stay up that late, but like being in a place where I could, and that's where a lot of stuff comes to me. I'm not that great at 8 a.m. I mean, I, I do stuff, but I'm not, if I had to go sit down and like write a paper, for example, it's not my best time to do it. So everybody's different on that. The key is to learn to get less attached to what you think you need. If you have an intention of what you want, you still want to let that go too, because it's like, you know, if we get too attached to wanting anything that feels great, right? And we can get, we can suffer, like create suffering too, if we, want, if we keep wanting it. And we also have aversions to it. If I get, you know, too afraid of having something happen, such as a failure of some kind, uh, we may create it because we're looking at it. <laughs> if we, you know, what we focus on expands and Wayne Dyer used to say that a lot. And I, I really believe in that. Um, the, the power of really being mindful of what you're putting into your brain. So ask good questions like, what makes you happy? I'm really a big believer in the more you can create a happy state and allowing that energy to vibrate through you. You know, if you do that for 16 seconds or more, you change your physiology. Once you start changing your physiology, you shine a different light. And that's really what we're about is being about how can we maximize who we are? Most of us only tap into maybe 15, 20% of our brain. What if we can maximize that, you know, 50%? Whoa, right? And there's some people in this world who are doing some really, really cool stuff in a big way and really are, have come a long way in their lives. And that's the thing I keep looking at for myself is how can I keep on being a better mother, a wife, a friend, uh, you know, the stuff I'm working on, how can I help more people? Um, and to me, the more I just stay present with who I am and trust and surrender into that, the answers are in me and they're in everybody. They're in all of us. Sure. So for, for me, what's coming up to me is, is, is big word is presence. What mm -hmm. you just shared over there is, is, uh, is, is staying present, consistently present day after day. That's, that's a hard practice. Yeah. But I think it's something that we have to kind of remind ourselves um, day after day. It, and and, and what, what would be your tools? Like how would you train your level of attention level of attention span because that mm. it, it's going down especially in children and for adults as well yeah the rest of social media all these things so other than mindfulness meditation uh which is a great tool for that like you mentioned about the exercise and i i, I know a lot of people because when you exercise you move your body you become more present yeah. because a lot of the, yes. the chatter kind of slows down a lot well, so i really that's, believe that's, that's partly why like rock climbers love to do what they're doing because they have to be present because they could, they could die Right. I mean, if you if you're not present, you're in you one little distraction could that could be it. And so some sports are very extreme that way. And I think some people get attracted to that to get present. And, um, you know, somebody asked me the other day if I ever want to climb Mount Everest. No, I don't think so. Thank you. But I just impressive that people do it. But that's not for me. I, it's you know, it's just too risky. The uh, value of my life too much, I guess. But I know it's going to be a very spiritual experience. And, you know, look, you know, we like to tell people who are swimmers, uh, counter strokes each length. I mean, we used to do like these long practices and I, and I stayed present because of the clock. I knew my splits. I'd be paying attention to that for somebody who's like maybe a corporate person who wants to go for a walk at lunchtime, just, just go count your steps and just stay present with the count that gets the mind quiet, gets you into your subconscious. It lets your divine deeper voice talk to you, lets you guide, you know, be guided 
much deeper than oh this happened at the you know water thing at the, in the lunchroom and you know da 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 and that's chatter and we want to go deeper when we go deeper bigger stuff comes thousand percent yeah that yeah. It, it's focused like I've I've recently realized how for, for my own for my own world and for my life as well like having having a baby what what came out all of a sudden my focus it's it's a lot easier for me to stay focused because that beautiful being that we have right now it actually yeah. helps me to stay more and more present yes. and i've taken that presence and that level of focus to my other things that i do right now so that uh, helps that's a beautiful lot. So, yeah it opens I'll, your I'll, heart too right because you want to be with them and uh, i remember we used to sit we used to we had these like beautiful rocks that we used to, used to have each of our kids and my husband had when i had one that would use to meditate with and then but whoever held you know like was holding the rock could actually speak and then we'd go quiet do some breathing and stuff like that it's very interesting there's ways to do this with families that helps people connect beyond just having to talk to each other so much i think sometimes we feel like we have to have something going on or we create drama too right people can, can create drama to feel connected instead of actually just learning to be with each other like you'd be reading a book in the same room and uh, studies have shown that that yeah. is a connection too. Yeah. 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 There, there, there's so much, so much power in the present moment and mm -hmm. in the presence and the being able to focus all of a sudden, like you mentioned uh, about the corporate world, like we, we go to work for eight to 10 hours sometimes, but we, have, we don't actually produce that much or we don't get that much done. Yes. But what if we were able to actually to have a little bit of attention, we we're able to actually focus a lot better, I think in two to three hours, you can achieve and do a lot more than being distracted for eight hours. Mm -hmm. So we, which, which comes down to something that an, another kind of state that I like, which is kind of famous right now as well is the flow state. Yes. And that's what, what people get into when they are doing quote unquote extreme sports yes. or, or yes. probably into swimming as well. Or for me, it's running or surfing. You get yeah, into this yeah, yeah. In a very different mental, emotional state of mind and state of being really where you are able to actually produce in a very, very different level. Mm -hmm. uh, There's a great book by, called Flow, too, by the way. Yeah, The book yeah, called Flow by Mikhail, uh, I can't yep. pronounce his last name, Sikileski, I think, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I read yeah. that, yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah. absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of, lot of new research coming out of Flow, and that's, I think that's, um, especially for people that are high achievers or, or big performers, mm -hmm. I think that state, is, is, is a kind of a game changer. If, if you haven't mm -hmm. got yourself in, though, if you don't know about that state, being able to kind of quote unquote hack flow or put yourself in those different kind of states yes, can be a game changer for you to be able so to- So here's the funny thing I just want to put out there for people listening is that you can do that through many different forms. It could be as simple as when you go on a lunch break, if you're somebody who's working, to actually get present with what you're doing. Maybe it's just inhaling, exhaling, counting your breaths or counting your steps or, being in a place like, we, well, if we're doing something hard, but you don't know how you're going to get through. It could be even an assignment at your desk. Um, allowing yourself to give yourself a phrase you can tell yourself was, I can do this easily, or I'm allowing this to flow, or you know, or even just tapping your body. If you're somebody who's kinesthetic and needs hugs, and then or jumping up and down, and then sitting back down, or do a few push-ups, and then get back to work. But changing your states, so you're changing your ability at how you look at it. Because I think when people get distracted enough and they go off and stay in the distractions or don't complete assignments or work or whatever it might be that they're pursuing, it's because they don't believe in themselves enough and so they're looking for something to distract them and then they have an excuse. But if we can actually, so sometimes we just need a break and it's good to just go move around, do something else, come back. But I know a lot of people too just need to keep on reminding themselves of why they're capable and that they're much greater than they actually realize. You know, I think sometimes we start thinking we're not good enough and we have to try and prove ourselves right that we're not good enough. And so then we don't complete maybe what we're working on. And sometimes it's just a matter of sitting down and later you go, gosh, after you did it, you're like, well, why didn't I just do that earlier? You know, yeah. so sometimes just committing and reminding yourself of the pleasure you get by doing what you want to do. And it's usually the fear of not being perfect enough or good enough on some level that makes you not take charge. And I think it's very important for people to remember that, well, what, why do I really want this to happen? What am I going to really get from this? And then pursuing it and allowing myself to feel that completion because completion gives us a lot of energy. What's your thoughts on passions? That's, that's coming to me right now. We talked yeah. about why we talked about the mission of life, like, you know, yeah. what about purpose? Um, oh, passion. There's... <laughs> what does what, what passion, how does, how does that play into, into your life and, uh, and where, do, where do you see that calling? Yeah. Passion to me is all about following what you love. Mm. If you're following what you love, you're guided. 
And if you're not following what you love, passion can still come because there's passion in everything we can do. There's always something in there. It might be, you know, somebody you meet. It might be through the work you're doing. But for me, like, you know, having my heart open to receiving the energy that comes from pursuing things I love to do is passionate. You know, that's passion to me, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that people who don't have a lot of passion are probably pursuing stuff they don't really like. And so it's a matter of, you know, going, oh, gosh. And I think what's happening with this whole lockdown is that many people are probably questioning, do I really want to go back to that lifestyle I did have? Well, maybe I kind of like some of the things I'm getting from this new one. And I really like having the time where I can focus this work in this hours versus having to do it when I'm at nine to five job or whatever. And so maybe I think the whole business world is going to be very interesting to what happens. If people are being productive in their own way, it might change how that whole future holds for businesses, I think. Yeah, thousand percent. Hey, um, as we as we started to slowly wrap this up, what do you, what are the you mentioned that you're coaching uh, peak performers and high achievers, and you have a, quite a wide range of clientele and and clients right now. What are the, the the main ways that you help people with at the moment? Yes, so I work with athletes and their parents nationally just because they're connected to their kids. And then I also work a lot with probably, you know, 35 to 60 year olds who are, you know, high achievers in many different things could be, I also have pro athletes that I work with. Uh, uh, I have a few right now in particular, and they're hoping their sports come back soon. Um, yeah. And so it's a range, you know, uh, I'm sorry, what was your question again? Uh, what, <laughs> what are the main ways that you help? Like, let's say that you get a high achiever or someone who's a very, very peak performer, wants to achieve, yeah. wants to create, to, wants to do lots of things. Yes. Um, where, where would you start with with someone, someone yeah someone well you know it's kind you, of intuitive right? for me in many ways so for example uh, you know i could be working with somebody who wants to be the best in the world in a sport let's just say I, and i've had a few of those in the last you know few years in particular i'm thinking about who really had some family personal stuff that needed to be healed and because they i helped them heal that and i knew that was really the sticking point much more than their sport that healed everything else for the sport so let's say, I, let's say I had a, a parent who was an alcoholic and I, I have all this shame around it or I had to deal with all of this stuff that I didn't, you know, I'm not happy about and I'm still holding on to all of it and I learned to release some of it or ask for, you know, you know do some forgiveness with that person or whatever it might be um, and just maybe better understanding what happened to that person, they're freed up. And so sometimes it's not even about the game. It can literally be about something really personal that needs to be healed that just frees up the rest of their life. It could be that that kind of stuff. Meanwhile, otherwise it might just be as simple as they created a belief system for themselves and habits that just aren't con- conducive to them being successful, which we need to change. And then we have to get over the fears of why the, the change, you know, fears can come up when change is involved, right? So um, dealing with the fears that come up because of change and then from there allowing themselves to start seeing who they really want to be and imagine they already are that and acting it out every day on some level. And once they start able to do that, things change. The whole world changes. Yeah. So, so inside out, it's you. You basically, it, it's 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 changing the internal game. It's changing yes. the in, internal well chatter. The, the 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 way we talk to ourselves about ourselves. That's, yeah, I've dealt with some people who are like, let's say, middle management, trying to get to executive level, or even executives who maybe are doing great in their work, but they're not taking it home with them. You know, uh, maybe they could be, you know, they're having issues there. So it varies on what people are looking for, but the more we get in touch within and we can let go of our old old demons that come up that we all end up having at some point and honoring the goodness too, things change. And um, I think the biggest thing is for people to always remember that we are, we are all a constellation of all of these things and to be less hard on ourselves and forgive others, forgive ourselves, ask for forgiveness if we need to, and also be willing to let the best of ourselves out and not worry what other people think because of that. Because when we're living from that place, that's when inspiration comes. And then we're literally passing the light to other people say, Hey, light yours up too. Let's do this. And, uh, that's pretty cool when that happens. Yeah. That's uh, that's a journey. That's, uh, it it might happen very quickly, but a lot of more than often it's, it's, it's a journey that we're on Mm -hmm. and we have to be reminded of it. And even oh, I like to have my coaches too, right? We all we all have our own. I mean, I don't do this on my own. I have people that help me remind me of who I want to be and make sure I am being that. And um, and that's so that I can also pass it on to other people. And you know, I think all of us benefit by having support and help from somebody else. 
Absolutely, that's that's thousand percent. Um, I, I'm a big believer of of like nobody got to the top by themselves, and even like e- even when you were up there, you still have people that are pushing and pulling. Many you. people helped you. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Hey, thank you so much for this time already. Yeah, um, thank you. How can how can we follow you? Where do where do you hang out <laughs> socially online? Yes. Uh, what's the best way to connect with you in this uh, in this world uh, space? In yeah, so matrix, people can connect. World. Yeah, there's a few different places. One is our, um, our my our, my husband's and my business. We coach for you.com. That's number four letter u.com. Katrinaradke.com. And then you can come to my free Facebook group called Keep Shining Your Light. Join me there. I'd love to have you join us for ready to be open yourself up to new ideas and being true to who you are. And um, I have a six-week course coming out that's going to help people shed stress, feel more success, and feel happy. So but connect with me there through my email as well, coach at wecoachforyou.com. Thank you so much, Katrina, for sitting down with me today for a, this Lifestyle Mastery podcast episode. And like I said, if this was interesting, leave us little comments, leave us some love and likes, and please do share this episode as well. Uh, and do yourself a favor, please connect with Katarina. She is a wealth of knowledge, especially when it comes to how to balance and keep this, keep this uh, peak performance, high achievers lifestyle in check and all in balance. So, so thank you so much for, like I said, sitting down with me. I look forward to following you. your journey in the future. All right. Thank you, Tomo. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. Hopefully that was inspiring and motivational and transformational possibly as well for you. Our chat with Katarina was always interesting and we'll take it to to the next level. And the next episode will be in the similar lines, but we're just going to dive a little bit deeper. So please tune into our next episode, which is coming up shortly as well. Other than that, if you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, I would absolutely adore if you left me a five-star review and left me a little comment as well because that will help the show reach uh, more and bigger audiences other than that have an extremely productive day and productive week and i look forward to hear you on my next episode of the lifestyle mastery podcast ciao for now